0: Hello, hello, and hello everybody. Welcome back for another episode If Not Now When. In today's show, we are so excited and so honored to have Joshua Lee join us in our show today. Joshua, he is a serious entrepreneur. He built over 16 plus business throughout his lifetime. Wow. Today, he is an expert on LinkedIn or aka the dopamine dealer of lending. Wow. As a founder and CEO of Standout Authority, today in specialized building authentic connection between you and your prospects so you can get more sales. With that, everybody, please join me to welcome Joshua in the show. Thank you so, so much, Joshua, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Wynn. I really appreciate it. Honor to be here with you today and to be able to have all the listeners.
0: Honor is all us. So with that, Josh, take us back. How does all the magic begin for you?
1: You know, I think that's one of the the big questions, right? Like, where did it all start? Where does the magic start? I don't think it will, if it always starts with magic, right? Mm. And I think that's the, the thing that so many people need to really take in consideration where things start. I mean, I could go back in and people say, well, have you been an entrepreneur your entire life? Yeah, I mean, ish. I mean, I sold candy out of my locker, you know, like had total wins there because my parents were buying the candy and I was selling it on the side. I love that. Um, (laughs) You know, but I mean, like really when, when I kind of look back in, the opportunity really started really being able to understand people first, Mm. right? Being able to see there's an opportunity to be able to help others and understanding that there's so many things out there that, if we just try to be able to jump into and And for me, it started with me being here in Austin. Mm. Um, I was a mortgage broker at the time. I got my lender's license to be able to go in that world and moved out to California. And this is back in 0102, uh 2001, 2002. And you know, I went out there and this is, I kind of saw the writing on the wall at that point in time too, which was people were really going the wrong way in the mortgage industry. This what was leading up to 2008, right? The mm-hmm. decline of the economy and everything like that. And one of the biggest shifts that I saw was I didn't want to be in that industry because people were buying their homes for let's say 300,000. And now they owed $800,000 on them and they're going the wrong way, right? You're supposed to be paying off debt, not actually acquiring more year after year. And so I gotten out of the industry and a friend of mine said, Josh, I'm in the online advertising game. You want to come join? I said, I got nothing else to do. Let's try it. Right? Let's let's jump in. And so I got in that industry, and I started learning a little bit about it. Because back then in 2002, really, the only way to be able to get into the online world, this is when the Googles were around, Yahoo's, you know. Well, it wasn't even Yahoo back then. It was Overture. And everything was just starting. It was the wild, wild west of online advertising. And so I was there for about six months, and... It was a shift that I think not many people pay attention to. The owner of that company shifted from business owner to business operator.
0: Can you articulate for our who listeners who might not quite familiar with two different concept?
1: So a business owner is someone that owns and runs and works on the business. Mm -hmm. And then the business operator I see is someone that works in the business, right? Mm -hmm. There's a massive difference. Mm -hmm. What you want to be able to do is shift over time to be able to be that person that works on the business, not in the business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, and this is where we see a lot of entrepreneurs as they grow, Mm -hmm. and let's say they get VC funding, things like that, you'll Mm -hmm. see a lot of entrepreneurs that were starting the company, they get kind of taken out of the cycle because they're not always there to be able to continue to work in the business. Mm -hmm. And so that business owner started working in the business, it really kind of threw the business out of whack. Mm. And so I'd I'd left as the company shut down, and I said, what am I going to do? I I learned a lot about this industry. How am I going to really start being able to find the next opportunity? And I realized it was around relationships that I already had. And so my first company in that space really was being able to build one relationship and connect it with the other. I was doing arbitrage back then mm. and buying low, selling high and having my relationship with advertisers and my relationship with traffic partners. And the big thing that really got me started and kicked off when was working and getting an opportunity with a company that most people forgot about, MySpace. So not a lot of people, you know, especially in the next new generations, are like, oh yeah, I remember that. My parents probably played on MySpace but that was one of the first opportunities I had. And they brought me in, in my company at the time, to be able to help them monetize their traffic. And I actually helped them develop one of the first social media ads that a lot of what social media ads are based on today to be able to monetize their traffic. Wow. And it kind of s- took off from there.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what happened? That's incredible. And on that note, yeah. was it scary to start your first business? That moment you found mortgages I mean, I was, to...
1: I was on my couch starting my first business. I mean, I was working... You know, twelve hour days, being able to go in there to be able to make it happen because that was the opportunity. I saw the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? And during that that window of opportunity, a lot of times it's very short and you need to be able to take advantage of it. And you know, this is where that whole work life balance kind of comes in. Mm-hmm. But and decade later, why I wrote a book called Balance is Bullshit. You Which know. is
0: wonderful. <laughs> so bold you have to be able to go in because
1: if i was trying to balance my life when at that time i would have never gotten there there i I had to be in out of in out of balance to really be able to achieve the goals the results that i was receiving and then Mm -hmm. allow my life to be able to settle back in Mm -hmm. you know it ebbs and flows so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for me being able to take about take apart that advantage it was not only being able to take that opportunity Mm -hmm but then being able to find the next. Mm-hmm. So young 20-year-old, you know, well, 20s, mm-hmm. not 20. <laughs> yeah, end of day. uh Being able to go in, you know, I started being able to figure out how to be able to monetize online traffic. Incredible. And, which was great, but I was still bearing a lot of what I had been taught from others in my past. Money was the way to be able to go, make as much money as possible, do whatever it takes, and be able to go through. And I built a lot of companies doing that. Made a lot of mistakes doing that too. Because I monetized everything, every acronym, CPC, CPA, CPL, CPM, all those different things. And it became about the money, how much more revenue we could grow. And I built multiple different companies being able to do that When, But over about, ah, I, I, it's about t- almost 10 years later, and at that point in time, I had built 14 different companies, ranging from six, seven, and eight figures. Sold a couple, two. Um, and I wasn't happy. I went through a point where I realized, looking back, that everything was about either work or play. I was playing as hard as I, you know, out, out every night, drinking, doing all these other things to be able to kind of release, right, and be able to release the pressure that I was going through. But at a certain point in my life, I realized I was 40 pounds overweight.
2: Mm.
1: I'd never been overweight in my life. My relationship became monetary. And I had no vision about where I was going. I just knew where I was at. And that was a big pivotal moment in my life because I was just about to be a father. Oh. And I knew I had to be able to make a change. And so as I started to be able to shift my life and be able to go through, I became a father and I started being able to make shifts because I was married at the time, too.
0: Mm. Is and, it one moment? Because it sounds like life is perfect after that moment. Great money, great party, events, social, friends, community, everything goes so well. Yeah. What was that one moment you realized, this might not be the life that I meant to live?
1: You know, um, one of the pieces was, was being, being told that I was going to be a father. Mm. right and being able to shift mm. and I wanted to be better I didn't want to just monetize this world I wanted to add a value to it because I wanted to be able to be that father was there and that was present mm-hmm. and for me that That's was so a beautiful. shift mm-hmm. but it wasn't in line with my partner at the time mm. because you know I remember at a certain point where I I, I what well, really opened my eyes when I, I I joined and found another group of entrepreneurs because like all my life Growing up, I always felt outside looking in, right? I never felt like I fit in, but, I, you know, I, I, I played, exactly the same. I played varsity sports, right? I was, you know, very high academically being able to do this, but like I never really connected with everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but I could, could, I could, mm-hmm. because I have my acclimate, I could connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. So I was friends with everyone, but I never felt like I fit in.
0: I know exactly what you meant.
1: And it was, it, was, it was always strange in my life. And then finally, I, I met a group of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, called Maverick 1000. It was run by a good friend of mine, Yannick Silver.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was a group of entrepreneurs that were proud of what they did and what they accomplished, but
2: mm-hmm. were also
1: giving back to this world. Mm. And it wasn't just about being able to go through. Because prior to that win, I had a lot of friends in my life that were there. remember I said they were monetary mm-hmm. because they wanted to be there because I spent a lot of money. But they didn't want me to they want to hear about me being happy about my success or saying, Oh wow, I can't believe I just closed this deal or created this opportunity or bought this, right? Which is celebrating success, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't want to see in this world. They want to be able to accept the success that you have and and take that monetarily, but they don't want to hear about it a lot. And so it creates a lot of paths for different entrepreneurs that fit in this world.
0: Well, wait, I just want to make sure I understand. You yeah. said people love your success, but they don't want to hear about it?
1: Correct. They yeah. love the success because usually they benefit from it. The people that are in your life, you're successful. But they don't want to hear about it? They don't always want to hear about the success.
0: sounds they don't want like to... that's the wrong people you hang out with. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm and I mean, sorry. With all respect.
1: No, please. Because, I mean, it's... As entrepreneurs, if you hang out with other entrepreneurs, they understand the path that you're going through and and Mm -hmm. celebrate that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, we don't all start out as entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. right? And there's Mm -hmm. other people that have the nine to five jobs and be able to go through that. Mm -hmm. And they don't always relate to everything that we do.
0: I see what you meant. Yes.
1: They don't always relate to those different, what we're putting in, what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to change.
0: The way how I see is this. It's almost like we're at these beautiful afternoon parties and you are in the water. Okay, when the water is great, temperature is wonderful. If you're jumping, you're gonna feel like this. But a person on the, on the edge of the pool, he or she might hear how you're describing the pool, which is entrepreneurship in this example. He or she would never actually understand. Yeah. Unless you're actually jumping. You can never, True. doesn't matter how much I tell you, you can never actually understand how you feel by in the water if you've never been one. Yeah. And in other words, if I can imagine if we surround ourselves with folks who are. Thinking else, maybe think we are a little bit crazy, think oh, yeah. we're a little bit different. And, you know, sometimes I felt there's no need to convince anybody or persuade anyone. It's either we're in or not.
1: Well, you know, it, it took me a little bit to be able to understand that. Mm. Because I had, you know, false ideals that I were put down and passed down to me, right, that we were taught. Especially, you know, as men, as entrepreneurs, you can't show anyone your cracks, Mm-hmm. You can't show the things, the weight that you try to be able to hold on mm-hmm. and be able to go through. And for me, that, that weighed on me after I had kids and mm-hmm. because I always wanted to be that present father mm-hmm. and I started working at, rather than be in the office. I went home and I had a home office and I always had my doors open when, mm-hmm. and because I, I always wanted to be that father, one that was present, mm-hmm. but also whatever I said in business, if I couldn't say it around my kids, no matter what age they were, I shouldn't say it at all. Mhm. And I, I remember the time, because I was going through difficulties in my relationship as well, too, which a lot of entrepreneurs face, mm-hmm. and and my former said, why do you try to change this world? Why don't you just do what you do well? You make money. And I knew there was a gap between us that had grown pretty large at that mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. And and soon after that, multiple days in a row, and for a long time, mm-hmm. my office doors started shutting. Mm-hmm. And my office became not only a sanctuary for me to be able to escape the world, but a coffin that I would actually contemplate if I should be on this planet anymore. And it was a hard time in my life, right? Was the money that I would leave with my life insurance and the companies more important than the impact of me being around? And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs face these days as they go through because we silo ourselves and we put ourselves in this, that it's all on us. Right.
0: I can see that.
1: And it's not like, I mean, you you and I right here, right. We're being able to speak to so many listening right now. And, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and one of the biggest things, and that's what one of my friends um, and mentors came to me and said, and gave me permission to be able to not only take back my life, but be able to give the life back, to, to my former and be able to move forward. And I mean, that's what, and he said, you're not alone. We're mm, here.
2: Mm. You
1: know, you said something earlier, like, I got you, right? Mm. You know, being able to say I got say you that. back. And those were things that kind of really resonate with me and kind of go through because I did. I, I ended up going through a divorce. Oh. And, you know, and I remember my lawyers going, Josh, this, this could take up to three years because, you know, money, thing like that. And I said, no, we can always make more time we can't get back, you know, I'm sorry, we can always make back more money. We can't make more time. I'll say it right. <laughs> and so I closed down my companies. I gave everything away. And at 36, I moved back with my parents with a little bit, a little bit under $1,000 in i name to be able to save time for not only myself, but for my kids as well. Wow. Yeah.
0: You gave everything away.
1: It was a big shift, big change.
0: Was it a was it a choice that you made intentionally? It was
1: my choice, yeah, because I wanted to be able to move the process faster. I wanted to be able to save that one resource we don't get back, which is time.
0: I, I love I love how clear you have regarding what's really the priority for you.
1: It was. It was a priority, and at first it was freeing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that I was still in like a slight mini-depression as I was kind of going through, mm. trying to re- reconcile everything that was going through. And So how do you
0: find yourself from that, Josh?
1: First, it was being honest, not only with myself, but with some of my friends of what I was going through. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, I released my book and which was Balance is Bullshit, being able to kind of talk about all the things that I'd held back from the world going through business, right? Of all the the quote unquote mistakes or missteps that we make that we're not supposed to tell people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't release the book for anyone else other than myself just to be open and free about it Mm -hmm. and be able to move on. And I, I started on that path of what do I want to do? How do I want to mm-hmm. show up in this world? Mm-hmm. And how do I want to be able to do it? I'll be honest. At first, I was going to be a life coach. When if you had known me eight years ago, I had my man bun, I had my mala beads, you know, the pendulum swings, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so like I had swung very holistically. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, The way how I see it is, it's not holistic or not. It's more like, doesn't matter what gender we are, we all have that. Masculine energy, we do. as well as that feminine energy, or yeah. use other words, that goal mode or the flow mode.
1: I like that. Yeah, and beautiful. Because
0: I don't want to, you know, classify gender is not really the issue. No, no, yeah, and no. Especially if sometimes we find ourselves maybe extremely burned. Now I feel like, oh my God, what's wrong with this whole world? So capitalist and all the things. And we might swamp to a different side to say, you know what, I'm going to go with the flow. Life yeah. is all good.
1: And that's kind of where I was, you know, and it was amazing. Um, but I realized at a certain point that I didn't – that wasn't the entire flo- flow of what I needed to be. Mm-hmm. I needed to be able to combine because I was trying to leave behind mm-hmm. who I was mm-hmm. and become something new, and we can't do that, right? We are always who we were and we who we are at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. We can't forget our past to be able to create mm-hmm. a new future. We have to embrace our past as we create the future.
0: What would it be fair to say, Josh, at the moment you are – Kind of coming from this very challenging personal and business life, and you are really finding yourselves. And in that process, you are trying to different different paths and different things. And I think that's very brave of you.
1: It was, uh, and I appreciate that. It was, it was a time in my life that was, it was more difficult than I realized at the point. But you we'll know, What keep you going. My wife now, Rachel, came into my life. Oh, and I remember I was my my path at that point in time when I created my cur- current company now, which is Standard Authority mm-hmm. was to be able to humanize the way we are online, to be able to take what I was embracing at that point in time, mm. humanity, and be able to pair it with everything I had learned about being online and traffic and advertising and how do we actually educate, inspire and draw people in and not sell them. Mm-hmm. But it was a path of to be able to shift people, Shift perspective across the board. Because most people, as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. what's the ROI? What's the return? How do we monetize? How do we go through? And I had done that so much and for so long. And it was a hard path during that time. And I remember when as I was, I was meeting Rachel, going through this, through everything, and I was still kind of struggling. She, I'd met her, she went to the University of uh, Texas here, mm-hmm. and she was leaving after her MBA to go to Seattle to work for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And after a year up there, I was like, I can't do this long distance thing, you know? And she was going to move back. And I was going through a hard month, as entrepreneurs do. We have our ups and downs. And honestly, I was struggling that month to pay rent. And I was scared, as a just as her boyfriend, mm-hmm. as a man, as an entrepreneur, to be able to say, this is the problem, this is the issue I'm having right now. But I did, I told her. And you know what she said to me? what i got you oh and i'll try to
0: (laughs) so beautiful it
1: was a pivotal moment in my life because i had been that person always said that to everyone else Mm. and it was it was rare in that this world that i had had anyone that said that to me and and i said what do you mean she goes well in society right as if I, if I was struggling as a woman, like, you as a man would come in and say, I got you. Why can't I do that for you?
0: I think the courage to share and accept help, even more so speaking to yeah, your beautiful heart. Yeah. That's incredible.
1: And, I mean, she did. She And I almost stopped her from moving there because of my ego. Mm-hmm. And what then did we I do? Finally, we all have that. I threw my ego aside and I told her. And that's when she said that. And, you know, she moved in and like, and it allowed me to be able to become where I am today because it gave me that runway of mm-hmm. path.
0: So why LinkedIn? Why at this point, right, you are just ca- recover from this challenging time. You are figuring things out. Why specifically LinkedIn? Why this particular path?
1: Uh, you know, I saw LinkedIn as a massive opportunity. One, Rachel had kind of given me a little bit. She worked at Microsoft. She was, she was there when LinkedIn had been purchased by uh, Microsoft a couple of years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and two, it was a platform that everyone was like, oh, it's business. Mm-hmm. And I knew and I started to be able to see, you know, as growing up as an only child, relationships were extremely important to me. Being able to understand them, be able to connect with them, being able to go through. But we had lost that how we were online. Mm-hmm. And I, on LinkedIn, on a platform that everyone said, oh, it's this B2B, I had a realization that, and working in so many, I mean, I've, in my career, I've monetized over half a billion dollars in advertising, mm-hmm. and I've controlled over 35 trillion online impressions on my own server.
0: It's wonderful. And the
1: big thing throughout learning that is there really is no B2B or B2C, business to business or business to consumer. Those are just ways for businesses to be able to diversify ad spend, right? All there is is H to H, human to human.
0: Mm. Every
1: company is run by another human being.
0: I love that.
1: So many marketers forget that. And that was the opportunity that I saw. Mm -hmm. How do we actually allow that personal brand? How do we allow that human? How do we actually connect on that level? Because people don't buy from other companies. They wanna buy and connect with other human beings. Beautiful. And that was the path that actually started opening up. And I started then being able to help, honestly, men and women that I used to be able to read their books on, how to be able to start my t- companies 20 years ago, were becoming my clients. And I was helping them to stop selling, but to start drawing in those ideal audiences by educating their audiences and being able to build relationships. And honestly, when do the same things that my mom taught me how to be able to treat other human beings, just doing it online and doing that on LinkedIn, it was so different from everything else. It created mm-hmm. a massive opportunity.
0: Wow, powerful. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that since? And you still happy with where you are? Oh,
1: you know, I have. It's uh, I've been doing this for about eight years now.
0: Wow, congrats.
1: Thank you. And it continues to be able to evolve and shift and change, right? I mean, where we are now, last year, my wife, Rachel, left corporate she had worked for Microsoft running their branding and then ran went over to um, Gartner and was running the digital branding over there and now she's with our company you know Standard Authority wow. and I mean together being we are the the B Lees cuz it's Joshua B Lee and she was Rachel Bronstein so when we got married she had just accidentally not no branding included Moved her last name to her middle name. So she became Rachel B. Lee.
0: <laughs> and then it
1: was like, oh, it's Joshua and Rachel B. Lee, right?
0: That's wonderful. So,
1: you know, being able to do that now, it's amazing the people that we get to be able to go through. And I mean, it, as LinkedIn evolves, it's not a platform to find a job. It's a it's a platform to be able to connect with other people on a journey
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to be able to you know, not lose yourself in someone else's life like they do on other social media platforms. Most people go to LinkedIn to either educate themselves or to be able to educate themselves to make a decision.
2: Mm. And there's
1: a lot of power in that, being able to connect with that audience on a real level, not just going, mm-hmm. hey, here's my product, here's my service, or how most people work on there. I'm going to try and get a whole bunch of leads. If I if I pitch a 1,000 people mm-hmm. and I get the one sale, most people go, yay, I got the one sale. mm mm-hmm. Honestly, though, you just upset and pissed off 999 people. Now, if you treat them like a human being and you understand how to be able to connect with them, Mm -hmm. how much more powerful would it be when to be able to have 999 advocates?
0: That's amazing. Right. But Josh, let's get real. Our listener might at this point might say, okay, that sounds amazing. But how can I possibly have all the times connect with a thousand people one by one by one. How would you advise for our, you know, basic entrepreneurs who are thinking about going to LinkedIn or, you know, explore this, how to be more effectively engaged with your prospects? Yeah. How do I go about that?
1: Well, one, we don't, we need to worry about getting a thousand people. I think that's the first misconception, right? Mm. Like we don't need that many people. If you're having high-level connections, you don't need, LinkedIn's not going to platform that you want to be able to sell a thousand people. Mm-hmm. It's a po- platform to be able to connect with people because, Look, the average income on LinkedIn is around $120,000 a year compared to like Twitter, which is around fifty eight, and Facebook, which is 64000 Wow. The average person has a college degree or higher. 50% of the people on, on the platform have a college degree or higher, so it's an educated audience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And four out of five people on LinkedIn
2: mm-hmm.
1: are business decision makers. So they have the, the income,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they have the ability. And they had the opportunity to be able to make decisions. So, like the opportunity is there to be able to connect to the right levels. How do you actually connect with them? When mm-hmm. this is kind of where some of the things that I do got me the title of the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. Tell right?
0: us more. Maybe it's like one thing that oftentimes nobody knows, but only you who well think about as the title of dopamine.
1: When why does everyone in this world post online? If I had to ask, I don't care who you are, where you are in the world, what's first and foremost, most visceral? Why do we all post online?
0: Mm. To share a piece of themselves.
1: That's one. And I'll, I'll get a lot of answers, right? We we share to be for branding, for clients, for you know visibility, all those other things. But first and foremost, what we've been conditioned over the last 20 years. And have you ever seen the movie, uh, The Social Dilemma on Netflix?
0: Yes. Which I love. Scared
1: scared my parents. They're like, oh my God, I can't (laughs) believe this is happening. And I'm like, yeah, I've been in it for a long time. But we've been conditioned to be able to look for those little hits of dopamine we all get when someone likes or comments on our posts. We put it out there, right? And then we go back, we go, is someone going to like it? Are they going to comment? Are they going to validate me, right?
0: I can see that.
1: So, how does everyone become a dopamine dealer on LinkedIn? Well, The best way to be able to do that is to be going and identify your ideal audience. Mm -hmm. The average person on LinkedIn gets less than 1% engagement on their content. So, what if you identified, let's say, when I want to be able to get your attention, right? One of your recent posts. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to like it, I'm going to comment on it, and I'm going to do something that I think we forget to appreciate the little things. I'm going to reach out and say, hey, when I saw your recent post about your podcast with Steven. Wow, I just want to say thank you. Too often we don't appreciate someone posting, you know, amazing content on here. I'd love to be able to connect with you and have a bit deeper conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Being able to go in, appreciating someone that they, they rarely get appreciation, because the average person doesn't get someone to reach out and say thank you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. Appreciating great gaps in people's patterns.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Our patterns online right now are to like, comment, share, post, like, comment, share, post. Mm-hmm. That level of appreciation and engagement first Mm -hmm. creates a stopgap. Now they can actually hear you
2: Mm. and that
1: creates a conversation because that's what we have to be able to do on LinkedIn and every platform. People want to jump from find the opportunity, close the opportunity, but they don't realize that once you find it, you have to start a conversation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Conversations lead to relationships. Mm -hmm. Relationships create opportunities.
0: I love that. But what if all founders... On the other side here Say wow Josh I checked this person He or she Don't have any posts They just They're I don't even know Are they on LinkedIn or not They have a profile But they don't There's not much activities Yeah If so what would you do
1: I mean, I'm moving on to the next person. There's so many people on LinkedIn. They I mean, weren't. continue to be able to go on. So mm. sometimes it's not the founder that you need to be able to go after first. Mm-hmm. So, LinkedIn has this built in tool, their yeah. CRM called mm-hmm. Sales Navigator. Right. It's about $100 a month. Mm-hmm. All right. And as I tell everyone, look, if, if you can't spend $100 and get $100 worth of opportunity each and every month, maybe LinkedIn's not the platform for you or you're not using it correctly. Mm-hmm. Because the opportunity there is, I can identify a wide range of exact mm-hmm. people I want to talk to, mm-hmm. and then there's a parameter on there too that could say who posts in the last 30 days.
0: Oh my god! So I don't I even can, people know that. That's so now brilliant. I can see
1: everyone that's posted. Because why do I want to reach out to someone that's not active on the platform? I'm not. I'm just wasting my time.
0: Brilliant. Mm-hmm.
1: So let me identify everyone that's in this category that I'm looking to be able to talk to. Mm-hmm. I can go down to zip code if I want to, right? Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the world. And I can be able to say I can identify the, last, the people, that, and then I can go through, start engaging, and start doing that. That's what we call our engagement engine. But
0: I love that.
1: That's just kind of where it starts, right? I mean, like that's going after people. Mm-hmm. The unturned stone for everyone on LinkedIn, which is the one thing that most people don't realize on this platform, is as long as you have a, a the basic paid account, I think is forty dollars a month, mm-hmm. you can see every single person that looks at your profile. If someone looks at your profile doesn't that mean there's opportunity there? Mm-hmm. They looked at, looked you up for a reason or something about you or your industry or something, right? Mm-hmm. Well, again, this is where that stopgap of appreciation starts. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to pay attention to everyone that looks at your profile and the people that engage in your content mm-hmm. because we need to be able to reach out and say, hey, when I saw you looked at my profile. I just want to reach out and say thank you. Too often, I appreciate it. I'd love to be able to connect with you and find out what pushed you to check me out.
0: Mm-hmm. Again,
1: it's starting a conversation. It's starting with appreciation.
0: I love that so much. I think... And we can leave business with our heart forward, and rather than thinking what is in for me and thinking about how can I support, how can I bring a little smile for your face just exactly. today, I think that just really, I can see why and how that could really create such a momentum.
1: It does, because if I, it went in this way when I said, hey, Win, I see you're in Austin, right? And you run a podcast, love to connect. Well, that's because they're all doing is scraping a whole bunch of information from you, right? They they notice you're mm. in Austin. They see you're on a podcast. It's very general,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Most of us are con- – now we know, oh, I'm probably – because you're going to connect. And two seconds later, they're going to pitch you, hey, let me be able to promote your podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, uh oh. You know, another one, right? And this is why so many people hate LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so refreshing when someone reaches out and acknowledges something that we took for granted. Mm-hmm. Because we take for granted looking at someone's profile. We take for granted looking, mm-hmm. liking someone's post. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you half the people on this podcast listening right now mm-hmm. have rarely got a message on Facebook if they like someone's post that said, hey, I just want to reach out and say thank you for liking my recent post.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How's that make someone feel, right? Mm-hmm. It makes them Pause. Mm-hmm. And that's that stock are looking for because now they can hear you because that's what we don't want to just talk at people. Mm-hmm. We want to have a conversation. That's what we're looking to be able to start. And so that's the mm-hmm. kind of start of being able to go, how to go after people mm-hmm. using Sales Navigator mm-hmm. or how to be able to engage with people that are already engaging with you because mm-hmm. all of us in this world hate cold calls or hate cold email. I mean, like, look, come on, <laughs> your phone rings.
0: Oh, I do not make No pick one up.
1: says anything for two seconds. What do you do? I know. Exactly, really quickly, like, up oh, telemarketer. So, I mean, like, why do we want to do that to other people, Mm. right? So, what we do is we look for trigger points. Someone that's taken an action. They looked at our profile. Mm -hmm. They've engaged our content or they posted great content. Mm -hmm. That's our opportunity to acknowledge that and then be able to build a relationship from there. Those are those things that you can start with on LinkedIn. So So, there's no cold.
0: On that note. Yeah. We are building connections. We give people appreciation. And now what, <laughs> right? Because you said you hate people say, okay, when so nice to connect with you. By the way, I sell popcorns. You want some? Right? We all don't love yeah. that kind of connection our way. How do we advise, you know, maybe audiences to have an authentic connection with that really a good intention, right? We, we learned about Josh, we liked, we appreciate. And now what's next? How do you balance that ratio between Give and also when is the moment to say, oh, hey, how can I better support you?
1: Well, well when there's a lot of things, right? Remember what I said earlier, I said do the things that my mom taught me, mm. how to be able to treat other human beings. I just do it online,
2: mm. right?
1: Because our overall goal, my overall goal, what mm-hmm. I want to be able to change is to be able to bring people, remind them there's a you in human,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: And how to humanize themselves online. Mm-hmm. So the things that my mom taught me when I meet someone new, right? You know, you know, When you meet someone new, like, oh my God, you give a compliment. Oh, nice hat. Great car. Love your dress, right? Oh, amazing podcast studio, right? Yeah. Oh, cool car. Great dog. Well, on LinkedIn, a compliment is as easy as giving an endorsement, mm-hmm. right? Being able to go in and someone could in. So one, let's say you post online. I like to comment and I reached out to connect with you. I said, hey, when? thank you so much for posting. You connected.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once you connected, this is where most people mess up and they pitch,
0: right? Mm-hmm right
1: don't do that this is your opportunity to be able to continue giving those dopamine hits right Mm -hmm. because when you give multiple hits of dopamine it doesn't put you in a heightened state it puts you in a flow state
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right and that's what we want to be able to do when two people are in a flow state conversation ensues right connection ensues and that's what we're looking to be able to do so at that point in time once they connect we go back and give them endorsement i i can endorse you for podcasting Mm -hmm. the cool thing on linkedin is it pops up and says hey when Joshua endorsed you for a podcast do you want to say thank you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're like, yeah, yeah, why not? Hit, click, <laughs> you hit thank you. Well, now everything just switched because now you're sending me a message saying, hey, Josh, thank you so much for endorsing your podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's not me starting the conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: you. So now that opens up opportunity for me to continue that conversation with you. When happy to be able to do it for you, you know, quick question for you while I have you. It's our opportunity to qualify someone to be able to, again, ask about them. So I've appreciated, I've complimented, I've asked about you, right? Ask you a good qualifying question, usually around mindset, right? How do you go in? Like one of the best questions we ever asked was, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur or a business owner with an entrepreneurial mindset? It lets me know where they stand, but it also gives me a silent answer. C is, I work for somebody else. Mm. So by doing that, I understand where they are because most people try to provide value Mm-hmm. based on what they think someone needs
0: got it got it so you really figured out who she or he has
1: now i can go oh that's amazing i love the way you're thinking um do you have i could offer to be able to get on a call hey you have five minutes to be able to jump tell me more of your thinking around that mm-hmm. right i could offer hey i'd love to invite you to an exclusive webinar that's exactly for people that that think that way mm-hmm. i could you know there's there's multiple or i could all that The other thing is, let's say they're not our ideal client based on how they respond.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We always want to leave with value, too. Most people say, I want to lead with mm-hmm. value, mm-hmm. but leave with value because, again, we're trying to make advocates. Advocates are more powerful than a one, one-to-one client
2: because
1: mm-hmm. if I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Well, uh, here's a free mm-hmm. download, PDF, book, you know, mm-hmm. free plus shipping, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now they can go back and go, wow, that's an amazing conversation with Josh or with Wynn or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But let's say we get them on a phone call. hmm when? That's amazing. You consider yourself a business owner owner with an entrepreneurial mindset. Tell me more. I mean, you and I are talking. I ask about you. Now, I was taught, like, when two people are having a conversation, we start going into it. I just asked about you. You've just told me everything. Most times, after someone's done talking, they're like, Josh, I'm sorry. I just talked all about me. Like, what are you up to?
2: hmm
1: You know what that creates? They just dropped all their walls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now they're opening and allowing you in. Now they can actually hear you and talk to you. And I can have a real conversation Mm -hmm. to you to say, wow, this is what I do. And there might be opportunity to be able to create. Because now you've educated, inspired, and you've drawn them in. Mm -hmm. And now they can choose to work with you, not be sold to work with
0: you. I love that. I love how thoughtfully the entire path has been Curated, but in a very heartful way. It's not like a strategy; it's more like, little like you said, how your mother or how our mother teaches yeah. us to uh, to treat another human beings.
1: Yeah, and that's what we're doing, and that's what we're trying to be able to to go through. And we're doing this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. It's organic, mm-hmm. and opportunities come when as they as they come. If someone's ready to be able to work with you, but you're also creating out opportunities six months a year down the line as well mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. because you're continuing to be able to put this out there. And when people are ready, they will. Mm-hmm. Come back to you, and you have to be, of course, make sure your profile's really rocking. You got to make sure you're putting out good content, but you have to continue these conversations.
0: Yeah! Wow! Wow! So many valuable insights here, Josh. We need another two
1: hours to be able to really break it all down, webinar style. But you know, at least get the concepts.
0: Totally. So now back to you, Josh. Do you feel like you found yourself through this path of creating this human connection through LinkedIn?
1: I think I finally have. Um, it's taken a long time. When I talk about it, I naturally smile. And mm. I mean, that's our body telling us that we're on the right path, mm-hmm. you know, being able to go through. I mean, being able to get messages from people. I was on a webinar the other day and someone joined and they one of their comments was, Josh's content has, has changed my life. Mm. You know, that's how I know. It's not about how many sales I make. It's mm-hmm. not how many you know, opportunities I create. It's how many people mm-hmm. are affected by what I'm doing because mm-hmm. my overarching goal, I want the byproduct of what I do to be the business, right? But I want what I'm doing is to be able to shift and change people's perspective on how they treat other human beings online. We need this more than ever now because people are forgetting there's another human on the other side of that screen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when we forget that, if we keep on going on this path, it's not going to be a good world Mm -hmm. For my children and their children and and anyone else is listening. Mm -hmm. So how do we make these shifts now? We've got to be able to bring it back. We all just went through a unifying experience. COVID. Mm. Right? We now, because people want to be able to have commonalities, right? We all have a commonality across the globe with every single other person in this world. A hardship. Now, how do we actually bring that together to be able to bring more humanity back in this world rather than where it continues to be able to go? And it starts with us, everyone listening. We've got to be able to be the person that we need to be and that we would want someone else to be to us, right? Do unto others as you want them to do unto you.
0: Be the change we want to see in the world. There we go. Go Gandhi. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a big question. And I could not agree more. It's starting from within, starting from ourselves.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at these days. And it's it continues to be able to be a, a growth. I'm not going to say that You know, I'm the expert at everything and where we're going, but, you know, I'm a constant learner Mm -hmm. and each and every day I'm surprised and I continue to be able to smile at what I do. And as I tell anyone, right, God gave us, you know, a gut, right? And if I ever have that gut feeling like, I don't want to do this. I need to be able to rethink of where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. So many of us forget to be able to do that. As, as entrepreneurs, as human beings, we're told to be able to continue moving forward push, 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 mm-hmm. push. Oh, you, you don't feel like you should do this? Well, too, too bad. Keep on doing it.
0: So, how do you discern between keep going, the grit, the tenacity that we all have been facing as an entrepreneur or business owner versus now it's time to pivot? How do you know when is when?
1: I think the biggest thing is if you wake up each day and you're like, (sighs)
0: Mm.
1: God, okay, well, another day. You know the whole thing, another day, another dollar. No, I'm sorry. That's not the way. It shouldn't be just another day. Mm -hmm. You should wake up and and look. When I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to be excited and happy every single day. But what we shall be working for is being content with the life that we've created, mm. and appreciate the moments of happiness that we are allotted, and create time after time. Because most people, if they continue to try and strive for bliss and happiness every moment, every day, we're gonna find, you know, find ourselves in a pit of despair after a while.
0: It's like if every day is seventy-five degrees, rainbow and sunshine, we seriously could not appreciate that.
1: We lose track.
0: Without the the freezing time we have in Austin, Texas, yeah. without the water, with all the things, now oh, we really appreciate summertime. Yeah, and I think the rainbow and sunshine is wild and good. But knowing that no one actually live in that rainbow sunshine all the time, but having that balance of knowing life is all about up and flows, and there's no right, there's no wrong, just there is. And we can find the peace that's all that matters.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of why, I, you know, when I, when I wrote the book, it's about life integration, right? How do mm. we have harmony with the life? How do we actually continue to be able to integrate the aspects of our life that give us power first, that mm. fill our cup, mm. so we continue to be the entrepreneurs? Because I truly believe entrepreneurs mm. are, the, are the ones that are ability to be able to truly change this world for the better. We have so much power mm-hmm. to be able to do that, but one- we have to w- make sure that no one ever feels as alone as I felt mm. in that past where I contemplated if I should be on this world or not. And we have to make sure that we open up to others and to only together can we truly change this world.
0: So beautiful. Yeah. I tell people the math, I like to do, first of all, Asian and good at math. The math I like to do is one plus one equals three. There we go. It's when we all truly come together authentically. We bring our whole self and you bring our whole self. We all come together, one plus one equals three. Yeah. Together we rise. I love that. Josh, day we all will long gone on this planet. What do you want the world to remember you by? If it's a one word, one phrase one phrase.
1: You know, um for me honestly if i could they say he was a good dad oh i mean that's first and foremost for me for everything everything else is secondary of course yeah i would love for people to go wow you know he he changed the way that we looked on how we mm. you know connect online how we actually build our businesses online but mm. if it would just came back to and you know my son was and my daughter Mm. were, you know, content with the things that I did and I actually Mm -hmm. showed them a better path and and gave them and created more opportunity on this planet, I'm happy.
0: So beautiful. And Josh, you know, especially you coming from this whole process of finding yourself through the earlier financial abundance, success, and then realize that's not exactly you and then on this soul-searching path. Yeah. I wonder today, what do you see success how to define success. And with that, do you think you are successful?
1: You know, I I continue to be able to strive and define success, but success is not based on monetary value anymore.
0: What's that for you?
1: Success for me is being able to wake up each day and be able to go to bed each night. I mean, like, that's the whole Mm -hmm. piece, right? Like, that is truly, we don't appreciate these little things in life. The same thing I talked about being online, right? Mm -hmm. We don't appreciate those little things. Like, being able to wake up and appreciate and be able to continue to move forward
2: mm-hmm.
1: and be happy about what I'm doing each day, mm-hmm. right? Be be going, okay, what's next?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And strive for mm-hmm. what's going on, not going, because I woke up too many times in my life when I was quote unquote successful based on how much money I had mm-hmm. amassed
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was a dark time for me mm. because I think so many people of us put money as that all powerful mm-hmm. God. And you know when, I mean when we talk about money and I go, if I ask someone, I said, what is money? Mm. People will go in and they go money is, well money is power. Money is happiness. Money is, you know, opportunity. But those are human emotions that we're putting on something that is not. Money is money. That's all it is right? So this is the biggest thing that we have to be able to shift our mindset on. Mm -hmm. Money is a tool. Money is a resource. It is not happiness and it is not power. It's something that we can use Mm. to create, but we don't want to put these human emotions on it. So
2: Mm.
1: if we define success based on monetary value, we will always be lacking. Mm. So for me, the long one to be able to go into the answer of success, success is being able to Every single day? If I'm waking up, if I'm being able to do the things that I do, if I can be able to go to bed feeling accomplished, mm-hmm. that's successful.
0: I love that. And I'm to comment on the money piece, especially for a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening who are wanting to raise in capital, wanting to, you know, make that amazing, you know, become the next amazing unicorns, raising all the money, have all the success. Yeah. I think money is nothing wrong, nothing bad about it, exactly like Josh said. But I do want to comment one thing is, you know, in my personal belief, I think in absence of a clear goal, clear vision, we often follow through what the world wants us to be. In other words, I found myself when I'm not sure who I am, I step into the person who I think the world wants me to be. Therefore, it must means more money, more position, more title, more bags, more you no, know, I don't know, haircuts, whatever thing that you are into. More, we thought more of that will help us find that version of ourselves. But I want to say, really, powers and kudos to you is in the process of finding ourselves. They realize that you know, you know exactly who you are. They losing this power, and again, to un. Articulate, money is a great thing. We all want the money. It's a wonderful thing, and especially as founders, as entrepreneurs, going there and raising money is all well and good because you are taking those resources and magnify it and contribute and serve the world, serve your client in a bigger and greater way. It's more so about when you're not clear about who you are, you're not clear about the impact you're creating, and in that path of losing ourselves, that might be a, a different conversation.
1: Well said. Well said. I hope everyone really takes that to heart because it truly is something that it takes many, many years for so many people to be able to learn. And Mm. a lot of the world never learns what you just eloquently said. So thank you.
0: I really believe that entrepreneurship is such a spiritual journey. It is. The more you are in the process, you learn so much by yourself and the world. And you said that maybe some people not quite learn that. The way how I see it is, it's never good, or not good to learn this or that. It's almost like, you know, Confucius used to said, when is the right time, your teacher gonna show up. There we go. In other words, I just said that, but it might or may not resonate with a certain person because it's just not the right time. And there's nothing right or wrong about it. I think we are all, each and every one of us, all on this individual journey to find our own peace, our own love, our own happiness in heart. And whatever that means, is a family, a business, a coffee shop, it's whatever thing that flows your heart, we are all doing the exact same thing. So therefore, there's no good or better or worse. It just is.
1: Beautiful. I mean, that's that whole piece, right? I mean, it's as you kind of talk about this stuff, When it it reminds me too being able to go in, you know, the whole analogy of knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case these days. There's so much knowledge out there. And like if someone's going to be able to just gather knowledge, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's Google. You can go there all day long.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Actionable knowledge mm-hmm. is power. Taking action on that knowledge mm-hmm. is where you have it. So that's the biggest thing. Like if people listening right now to mm-hmm. anything that you or I have resonated, has resonated with them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: being able to take the next steps, to be able to reach out, to be able to connect, to be able to shift, to be able to change, that's what will create the next steps in their life, a positive impact.
0: That's beautiful. But just being
1: able to listen going, okay, wow, that's... That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I should do that, right? The shoulds. A lot of people use the shoulds. Like, go. Or I wish I could. That's not going to be able to make that shift in life and their change and their business to be able to create the next opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. You've really got to be able to go, okay, well, I see how this, I can implement this in my life or I can make this change in my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. And here's the first step.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When they make that first step,
0: mm-hmm.
1: every other step after that becomes easier and easier.
0: I love that. Let those should wish just go because whatever you wish yesterday has been done, all we have today is now. There we go. So with that, Josh, what is one piece you want to leave our audience with, especially entrepreneurs who may be in a similar process like you in early age and finding their self, finding their message, finding their path? Or maybe they are in that rock bottom to figure it out, just figure things out. And what would you wish him or her to know?
1: So I'll leave everyone with two things, mm. right? Um, as we said, there is no work-life balance, right? There's it's, it's like saying I have a work life and a personal life. Mm-hmm. You know, when, like, if I had two different lives, it's like having two different personalities. <laughs> like, if we had two different personalities, we'd be kind of locked up in a you know a, an asylum, possibly, right? We have one life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have to live it that way.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: that's the biggest thing I want people to understand, right? Like you're not trying to live two separate lives. Mm -hmm. And with that, you've got to be 100% you, Mm -hmm. 100% of the time, on and offline, Mm -hmm. right? This is the biggest things that I see people shifting and changing. When you can start being able to do that... Mm. It doesn't matter how anyone else shows up. That was the biggest thing for me.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: see so many people that when they're online, we're on the stages, they're going through, they're presenting mm-hmm. why their business should be able to get this VC money, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're They're be, they're being something that they're not mm-hmm. because they're being something they feel that they're told they have to be and then they're they're a different person. That's exhausting.
0: All the other names on this planet has been taken, so it might just be you.
1: That's it. Be you. That's it. Always. Be-
0: you do you. I love that. What is the second point?
1: I mean, that was the two right there. I mean, I'll be <laughs> honest. I, I kind of threw them in together, but I was like, I
0: love it's it's
1: it's you know it's the work-life balance. You have one life, and then the yeah. second one is just you. It'd be 100% mm-hmm. you, 100% of the time, on mm-hmm. and offline. I mean, if you can actually be able to take those, live your life, mm-hmm. and then also remember to do that in person, mm-hmm. in your work, online, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it will take you to the next step. because. Once I started being this, once I started being unapologetically me, mm-hmm. life, I mean, like the smile. I mean, it's just, it became Beautiful. exciting.
0: And life is exciting. Yeah, it should and be. I often then tell people, I don't drink coffee, I don't drink tea, I naturally high in life until the day I die. And I could not agree more. I think life, it is a exciting journey. And it's up to us, up to each and every one of us to forge our own path find ourselves and live the way that we, we we intended to. Yeah. And you do you. When yeah. you do you, the whole world shining brighter because of that.
1: Well, when, I mean, like, truthfully, I mean, like, let's be honest, right? In this world, as human beings, we make decisions emotionally. Mm-hmm. We make a decision based on some degree of love or hate. Mm-hmm. We do not make decisions based on being indifferent to it. So if you are indifferent online... If you are indifferent in life, I
0: love that.
1: guess what? You're not only wasting your time, you're wasting everyone else's. And that's that one resource we don't get back. So mm-hmm. re- realize you have to be polarizing. You have to be you. Mm-hmm. Because if you're worrying about if someone's going to love or hate you, guess what? They are. <laughs> that's just life. We all do that. But if they're really indifferent for towards you,
0: yeah.
1: now you need to be able to make the shift.
0: So. Put down your foot, draw a sign. So what? People love you. So what? People hate you. Always well because guess what? We got seven billion human beings on this whole planet, and even we try, we cannot possibly make each and every one to like us. And knowing that, authenticity is your power. So you do you, and well said. <laughs> With everybody, I am so so excited. What a lovely conversation!
1: Oh yeah, I really enjoyed wow,
0: this. Wow, I felt so. So inspiring, Josh, just seeing your journey coming from where you were to where you are every step along the way, follow your heart, making those top choices, and today finding yourselves, and in the meantime, now serving the world in a bigger and greater way, integrating conscious with a business, with happiness, with all the things, and wow, amazing. Truly, thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. So honored to be here.
0: And thank you, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode because I really do. And I will see you all next week. Bye, guys.